Adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back, No Snooze Podcast, episode 122. I'm in the booth. That's been a thing these days. I say that every week. Yes. And I'm, I'm, starting to, um, I'm starting to repeat it in the car when I listen to it. It's weird. So I'm in the booth with my brothers, Michael, the show Pirelli, Claudio, the voice Valenzuela, and I am Dave, the corduroy body Regina today. It's good luck. Fun fact, 33rd birthday. Was it corny that I wore strategically... A Larry Legend jersey to the gym this morning. Uh, Larry Legend, aka Larry Bird, with the number thirty-three on my chest. I'll I'll take <laughs> I'll take a yes for five hundred. Is that a uh, what is, is yes? Is that a, is that corny? No, it's it's very it's you. A, a fire it's fit. You. It's very you. <laughs> it's very fit. Uh, I mean, uh, it's very fire though. The fire fits in the morning are, are big time. Right? I love the corduroy jacket. It get... ages you about twenty years. Is that an <laughs> antique? Listen, thank you, Danielle Regina. It's actually polo. Is it? It's uh, a nice. Yeah, look. Two you look years, wealthy. You two look years wealthy. ago, I look wealthy. Right? You look like you run a fund. For okay. gyms. Okay, for gyms. Gym fund. A gym fund. Um, no, so what I was saying, though, you know in the car when you listen, well, I don't know if you listen to this yeah. podcast, but I say the intro yes. while I'm listening to it. There was a, a guy, remember Remington James? I used to follow all the time with the recipes. Yes. Remember it was in the big yeah, recipe? Yeah, yeah. Big he does like an intro, and I used to say it all the time. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is, but I used to say it out loud when Dana would be like, so That's intros like, um, are catchy. like Charlemagne's, too. In the morning, I'm not well, you don't you don't wake up at six a.m. But anyway, Charlemagne goes yo 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 yo. And it's fun to go along with that. Yes, Get you hyped. Yes, but I don't know how with so many yos he knows how to like be consistent. It's the same every time. Yes. No, it can't be. But how many? What do you think? Like yo 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 yo. He's counting. Yeah, he probably has a counter. You know when they. Yeah. Um. So what's going on, man? Welcome back to my house. Welcome back to my kitchen. And they flexes. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know when you get older, there's like it doesn't feel any different? It's like nothing, you know? I've said it before, but I never planned on being this old. So there's no like... <laughs> it's just blessed. I don't know. I, I never thought past like... I didn't even think I'd be like... 21 was a struggle. Point. We almost didn't make well, it. Well, that, I almost, almost didn't make it. I, sometimes I think I didn't make it. And like this is all like heaven yes. in, or purgatory. One of the, <laughs> um. Yeah, I I haven't really gave. I enjoy celebrating. Don't get me wrong, as you know, we enjoy a nice we birthday do. celebration. Yes we, yes, we do. But I have no like emotional attachment to it. Right, right. Yes, this year for some, I'm trying to be like excited about it, but it's hard because it's like well, it feels like any other day. And then like when people are like, "Oh, let's go to dinner, let's do this," I'm like, "Eh, it's like another commitment you got to make." You know what I mean? I'm back and forth. I feel like you got to celebrate. You got to look back. Um, but it's not a big deal because, in theory, we all could live till we're 150. We could live forever yep. if technology gets there. So I told you. who gives it? You know, I just don't like when people get down about their age. Yes, it makes me sad. I right. bum out when people are like, "Oh no, I'm whatever." I also do like to mess with Dana and be like, "Your birthday? She just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Dana!" Yes, she did. And Happy I birthday. was basically rounding up a bunch to be like, "You're basically she's this, basically which 40. Is basically that she's basically 40. You got to throw out her full age. Huh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> No, so Dana's actually 42 years old. But she looks we'll just great, go, though. Yeah, she, she looks good look, for 40. Yeah. I mean, not that 40's bad. No, no, 40's not bad. But, um, I mean, You're welcome. Dana's, <laughs> Dana's a little bit older than me. So He's yeah, in she's, politics, and I'm only politically she, she, correct <laughs> on this thing. 
Dana's not 40, by the way. Mike just loves doing this. No, I, I like rounding up because no, last I like year, the cougar concept. What did you do to me last year? You, I think oh, you yeah. convinced I posted, everybody. Happy 40th, Dave. Like, so proud of you. Something, <laughs> and people thought it was for real. Yeah. So they kept saying, like, wow, I didn't realize he was that. He looks great. <laughs> <laughs> looks great for 40. Yeah, no. So I'm 33. Fun fact, I think Jesus died on the cross at the age of 33. Don't, don't start you know? with that stuff. Don't I'm get, telling you. So, listen, you know, I'm big into faith these days, so it's a big year for me, you know? Yeah. No, it absolutely um, is. Only looking forward. But so I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, well, what's like, what's the what's the lesson of the year? And it was tough. It was really tough um, to, to come away with, I think, one lesson that I really been able to... I don't want to. I don't know if it's learned, but don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Yeah, besides that, um, just quote. just one one lesson. Is that a movie? Heavyweights. Heavyweights? No, great movie. Um, just one lesson that I I walked away with, and I posted it on Instagram. But it's basically like, um, you know, when you catch a bad break in life, um, or you're at a uh, a disadvantage, right, during a season of your life, you can't look for something or someone to blame, right? Sometimes, for whatever reason. Life just is not fair, mm-hmm. right? You speak about this all the time, and you just say it, it kind of is what it is. But what I've been trying to do is stay in faith, stay with the positive approach of life, pair that with action, and I will continue to progress in life, right? There's things that are going on just personally, professionally, can't get too into it on, uh, on this podcast, but it's been a, it's been a tough year. You know, there's been a lot of ups, but there's also been, you know, some downs as well. And that for me was the biggest, biggest takeaway thus far. Um, and I think it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it's a year of uh, a year of reflection for sure. Yeah. Someone, there was a good quote about like, similar to that, like you can't control the weather. You can just control how you play in the weather. Hmm. So like, cause it rains, you're still playing, yes. you know, so you just got to play in the rain. Which unless is interesting, you're, yep. Unless, unless you're like, like rained the Yankees, out, like the Yankees, get rained yeah. out. Yeah, the Yankees suck. By the way, how about them Jets? They just killed us. How about the Super Bowl motherfucking Giants? They stink, I mean, dude. come on, it's bro. all fugazi. The no. Jets, okay, Wilson, Michael. CV. Can you put your mic on, please? Uh, come on, come on, back me up here. No, I they, mean, as a Giant fan, we we started to feel like Jet fans because you know, at any moment during any game, you're like, ah, ah, ah don't no. Right? Am it, I right? It was a close one though this past weekend I know. though. Right, right. Well, this airs what three weeks? So yeah. we're so we're we're basically November by the yes. time this airs. <laughs> Who knows what our record would be? But I think currently we're uh, the six and one, six and one. New York yeah. Super Bowl Giants, mm-hmm. Michael. Yeah. New York Super Bowl Giants. Uh, yeah, it's been fun to actually watch teams that are winning. Like yes, the Jets right. have been winning. My father's been in a really good mood. Uh, Livy's been cheering for winners, which has been go Jets. I mean, this has been huge for you, for Jet fans. It's been a lot of fun. I brings it back to the Namath days, you know. Oh, we're not there yet. That 1964. (laughs) Jesus, I've enjoyed it, but I haven't been able to like sit back and really soak it in because we've had so many things going on. But it's uh, it's it's definitely fun to see. I enjoy going like tailgate and making a project out of the games. Mm -hmm. So this time of year. Traditionally, it's a little slower in the real estate market, so I'm able to sneak away to some games. The only bad thing for Jazz fans right now, because they are doing okay, yeah, is that now games is going to start getting packed. It's only down from now. Here. Yeah, before yeah, I mean they were giving away those tickets. No, yeah. no, people they were giving away those tickets. Yeah, anyone could go to a Jets yeah. game, but now that they're doing well. You know, those tickets may go up now. You got to be careful. The compliment to it was that the Jets were so bad that everyone focused on the tailgate. Mm-hmm. So the tailgates were always phenomenal because people were like, "This is the high point of our day." When we go into the game, we're going to get depressed. So, like, enjoy this. <laughs> Just have a couple so of beers, that was good. Some burgers. Yeah. Tailgates I, are always great. That's tailgates, I think, is a tailgate, I think, is my favorite, other than like it a is. nice meal with everyone around. Yeah. 
a casual tailgate, maybe a crisp morning, bacon, egg, and cheese, chili, home fries on a nice hard roll. Do you grill that? Oh, yeah. Just make sure you put uh, tinfoil. Is that my calories? When you put bacon there's um there's groups out there that'll go to a tailgate and won't go into the right. to the game. They'll yeah, just yeah that's, be outside, that's what Mike and I do. Big TV yeah. and the and the you know their little camper oh, yeah. or whatever. You used to be able to do that, but now you don't have a big pickup to do it anymore. <laughs> now I got the little pickup. He's got a mini pickup. <laughs> I have a GMC terrain, so I can't talk. Uh, um, but that so what I'm trying to figure out, to your point, is not like waiting for the next you know, I always kind of thinking like the, I gotta get through this phase mm-hmm. and survive it, versus like it's gonna be a tough phase, but I still gotta enjoy it and do things. Sometimes I just shut down and don't go to anything right. for like weeks or months. It's hard with kids too. I'll preface that to kids, but like not saying no to a ton of things just because it's harder, right? Like if I'm gonna have a crazy schedule, well then I gotta ha- I gotta put in more fun things, even though it makes it harder to do it all. You still need the balance. So to your point, it's like even though time's difficult, you still have to find time to enjoy the the ride. Oh, um, by the way, prepare for next week. What's next? We're gonna week? do a, a reflection episode because that'll be around Thanksgiving when it comes out. So we'll we'll just are we just pull gonna together, show a, pull a together like, a PowerPoint of my body from how it, <laughs> it progressed? I'm thankful for my six pack. I'm, I'm thankful, thankful for, for my, my friends. Six pack, my <laughs> yeah, chest. Do you hear Callie's prayers, Ro? Very she's, cute. She's good. She's, uh, she's extremely good. cute. I don't know where she got the cuteness. <laughs> she looks like Dally. She does look like Dally. <laughs> Her like mannerisms are very funny too. Mm. The way she kind of like struts. So goofy. Yeah, it's so she kind of like is like a you know the like <laughs> she put, her head's like on a swivel. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. Yes, yes. It is funny um, now you sit back and you look at the kids and you're like, wow, when did you become like a real person? I know. You know, first they started off in your uh, little shpeepaline, yeah. then they turned right to, right, to, right to a person. Speaking Next of topic. that, uh, <laughs> speaking to, of shpeepaline, speaking of trying to get the testosterone flowing a little Sounds more, like an Italian food. I reworked the whole workout with my guy AC. I told them I want to bench 400, okay. and I want to look like Iron Mike. Oh, you didn't say I want to work like, look like Dave? No. You know what I said? I said I want to look like the guy that beats up Dave. <laughs> and he goes, I know exactly what you need. <laughs> no, uh, I've struggled to find the time to get into the gym, which is also going to relate back to my lesson this year. Um, but I've struggled and feeling unfulfilled by not finishing workouts. So I'm like, can you make the workout shorter in this short term? So that I can feel like I'm progressing, because you you know when you do a workout and you always finish them, but for whatever reason there's an emergency, you get a call, you have to leave, and you feel like that unfulfilled, yes. like yeah, yeah. I left something on the table, mm-hmm. even though it's not that important, like it's some random yeah. like toning thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to get rid of that and do kind of the the exercises I need the most work on, um, and I I always like to work towards a goal, and it has to be somewhat of a big one. That it's fun to pursue. Um, it's a big number. I mean, you bench four hundred. It's difficult, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's heavy. I feel it in the elbows, and but yeah. that's just—I don't know. It, it's cool to do for sure, especially it's impressive for you. Yes, you know, going from a fat guy like you to <laughs> down to, no, down and then to a ten percent, you know, and then a week, yeah, and, and then, then a str- back up and then to a string a, bean, a sh- and then just fucking cut as hell. I mean, you're you're like a Greek god now. Um, Thank you. you know, so no, it is that, that it's an impressive number for sure. But, um, what would be is something I should add in there? Cause I was telling them like the main things I want to do is I want calves, which I've been working on with my, uh, my little like jumping ropes, doing more steps. I want shoulders and I want to bench 400 
Because if I have calves, that's, that's, good a, goals, that's pretty nice, right? I, I'm just trying to think. I got all three already, so I don't know. Oh! <laughs> I did this in eighth grade. I don't know what to do. <laughs> eighth grade. Uh, I was trying to think. No, but we, we, we re- reworked the schedule. I The other thing, and again, I'm all about efficiency. Dana was ripping me, and I want to hear from the people. If you agree with me, drop a like. Let's go. Comment, subscribe. This is going to be This is going to be good. I ended up buying, I was wasting a lot of time prepping this one food item, so I bought a French fry cutter, a a commercial grade restaurant French fry press, where you put a full potato in, Okay. French fries pop out. It's one of my favorite- No. What? (laughs) What? That would be sick. Right? I'm like, wait. For one motion, it's cooked. Well, the boof got me. When you said boof, Boof. the the French fry. Right. It does sound like it cooked. Yeah, like it cooked. Uh, So I've been doing that to save some time because I was chopping them up. It almost cut my fingers off. I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. Whenever I think there's got to be an easier way, it always costs me money. Yep. But it gets me so much excitement. And I think it's amazing because I'm just frigging hammering French fries. (laughs) So I, I do that. I have my rice cooker. So both of those super efficient, right? Rice cooker is the best thing I ever got. I love that thing. Um, and then I have the air fryer and the slow cooker. So everything I use is a, a passive cooking pr- approach. Okay. You hit a button, you set it and forget it, right? I get a pork shoulder. I get a flank steak because it's cheaper or chuck. And I get uh, chicken thighs. And I either do a Asian a sugar-free teriyaki, a, a like a steak marinade, low-sugar steak marinade, um, or just like spices and a little like pineapple juice. Super easy. And I cook those three things. It lasts me the week. And I told uh, AC, I said, I want all of my lunches and dinners interchangeable, right? So I don't need to worry about like five ounces of chicken breast mm-hmm. versus shrimp versus, you know, mm-hmm. not that it was difficult, but I'm like, this makes it so much easier because I look, what am I mood for? One of the three, grab it and just do it, right? So I have those three meats. And then I have rice and uh, potatoes as the two. Where's the part with Dana? What? I'm waiting. Oh, she was killing me because I ordered a French fry thing for like 60 bucks. And I'm just in there just cranking out French fries like in a massive amount. But she eats them. She enjoys them. And how are you cooking? You're air frying them. Yeah. Air air French fries. So here's the thing. When you do them and you don't like boil them first and like really try to make them taste good, they're good, but they're not like the best caliber. French fries. They're like a healthy version because it's like you're yeah. not doing any weird gotcha. thing to it. But uh, a little Lowry seasoning, the Ooh. orange salt okay. from Garden Catering. Ooh. Just elevates everything. Mm. That's all Garden Catering salt was? Lowry's, I'm pretty wow. sure. They played us. It's the best. You used to have to go back in the day like, can I get an extra seasoning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, now they just throw it at yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's no, crazy. Uh, Grant Foodie actually helps them promote, so she gets all the inside tracks for Oh, me. wow. Yeah, wow. they're- they have a really good chicken sandwich. Um, speaking of food places, Zodi's. Yeah, Z- 19th hole. Zodi's 19th hole. Do a good job. Um, I just had an omelet there this morning. So good. It's great, really. I mean, this is right in uh, CV's, CV's hood, so shout out Zodi's 19th hole. Shout out Zodi's. But basically, reworked everything with him so that I can be super efficient in this time where I have very little time. And then uh, on top of that, the workouts are more geared towards strength. And uh, like speed of the workout, mm-hmm. so I can just get in, and get out quicker. Gotcha. Um, at least for now, I yeah. actually do enjoy spending a lot of time in the gym. When I was doing my two hour, hour and a half workouts, it was very therapeutic. But the reality is, now is not the time to you know, right? Hang out in uh, my gym, Miguel. Yeah, I like it. Um, there was something I wanted to ask you on behalf of well, you know my video guy in the gym, Jordan. 
Yes, Gru. Right. Gru how do you say his last name? Grulon. Am I? I'm stronger than him, right? Yeah, you're much. Jordan, stronger. listen. Get get up to my level. All right, next. <laughs> no, I'm just level. kidding. I like um, him. No, no. Well, he I actually, don't even know him. I never but met him. But he left up, because he got a um, a manager position in his. Uh, he works Verizon um, sales. Nice. Congratulations, right? Jordan. A young kid, 21, 22 years old. Right? I need a deal on an iPhone. But so his thing right now is he's actually back. Um, but he's. I'm like, so how's it going? How's the new opportunity? Um, and he's like, you know what? I don't really feel fulfilled. Like he's like, you know, I, I don't really care about people's cell phone problems like i don't really care about their bill issues who does right so i understand that right but then he was he also said something that was like i was like oh wow i guess you know this is definitely a real thing somebody young like that that is getting experience because my thing to him was listen you're getting sales experience right yeah. so it's good it's good experience and he's just like i i just am not fulfilled by the cell phone idea and in my head i'm like well let me let me talk to Mike and see what his approach would be. Because now Jordan's also day trading too. But you got basically got this young guy, and I think this happens a lot with with um, you know, if you're between twenty and twenty-five, maybe twenty-eight even, where you're trying to figure out what you want to do. But he needs to stay there because he needs money, right? Because he he has expenses. Yeah. Um so he picked up day trading on the side. But what would you say to somebody like that that knows that they want something different? Um, but it's also a little bit. I guess it's beneficial now because he is developing the a s- sales skill. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I was going through it, and I I didn't do it for that long because I knew always knew there was something else I was gonna go get. Um, you know, I did the uh, recruiting for a very brief stint, and I did well. They're like a temp temp agency. Yeah, like yeah. temps. I did permanent, and mm-hmm. I did creative, which was hilarious because I deal with like graphic designers, video people, and you know I had to learn kind of the industry. Um, but it exposed me a lot of different positions. And I remember seeing someone I was placing at a real estate firm. And I always had that thought, like, real estate's a cool vehicle. I always enjoyed real estate. I always liked finance, which is basically the backbone of all real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in that job, I literally was like, let me explore this uh, passion or what I think I might want to do while I'm at the job, while I'm making money. And then when I was, I'm the type that when I'm ready and I'm serious and I'm like, this is it. I jump all in. You don't have to do it my way. I just think it's hard to be half and half on stuff. Right now, something I suffer from is lack of focus with like one uh, approach to things. Um, And I think that hurts a lot of people in the short term. And I'm not saying you shouldn't expose yourself to a lot of opportunities. But when you find one that you think could be it, you got to give it enough time to uh, progress. Because if you get past that first phase of like really being sucky at something and you start to get good at it, mm-hmm. then you really know if it's something you want to do because then the actual nuance and like the actual day to day happens versus you're just figuring it out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you got into your role, mm-hmm. you probably even were more clear like, oh no, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I'm good at. I want to get better at it type yeah. of thing. So for him, um, I would think about my question to Dana all the time because sometimes she and I talk about this is like, if money was no object, what would you do? Right. And then the, the, based on that answer, like if I was independently wealthy and did not have to work, I'd probably still invest in real estate and be involved in that mm-hmm. industry. Right. Yeah. So that's like where I would start with him. You try to be positive in the um, in the role you're in. And try to think of an escape plan. I mean, it's tough to say that because, like, they say if you're a fighter and you're already thinking about retirement, you're going to get knocked out. So it might hurt you as far as, like, progressing in that field. But if you don't want to be in that field anyway, who cares? Mm -hmm. 
right? Make your money, Mm -hmm. do it as efficiently as possible and have enough energy to go pursue something else. Yeah. What I didn't like, great, great answer. But what I didn't like when I was talking to him is he was like, you know, I kind of like even dread the drive there. Like it's the whole, like when I wake up, I remember, you know what I mean? So, and like I, I do too, for sure. Um, but I also understand that you being young like that, like, you know, I always have a, a saying like be impatiently patient, Right. Like you should never just sit back and listen to the people that are like, oh, yeah, you're young. It's going to come your way because I don't believe in that approach at all. Um, but with something like this, although you're not happy there, you are still gaining a critical skill. Right. And, you, and you're developing a nice network that could potentially benefit you if you want to go sell houses down the line or whatever it is. Yeah. Because um, I know he was talking about cars. He's talking about real estate as well. Uh, with Bigger ticket items, kind of like you had mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, how many cell phones does it take for you to make? Two hundred thousand dollars a year, probably a lot of cell phones. Yeah, I mean, right, I but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so that was the context of the conversation. But I thought you'd be a good. Uh, yeah, I think in that phase too, you got to try stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know. I would be careful though. Like think about the money you're using to try this stuff as like your education, because you day trading is dicey, especially now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's doing the right the right yeah. uh, approach. Seems like a good dude. Yeah, it seems good. Takes good videos. If not, I mean, he could always. Why don't you just make him your like full time driver assistant? <laughs> He, he, so weren't you posting about that he is the he is the man oh yeah yeah right give him a, i was joking with ashley who helps me out i'm gonna get her a uh what's that called like what? a driving cap you know how oh, they like wear a, the, oh one of the drivers like hat? a captain hat yes, yeah. <laughs> a chauffeur that's pretty funny um all right man yeah no i wanted to uh you know pick your brain on that but i spoke ahead. to gary too from uh who moved to california Freddy, Freddy. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah good dude he was asking about some real estate stuff. So he's like, hey, you mind hopping on a call? I just have a couple questions. And he's got he's got the right idea. It's a market that I have no, you know, I don't know. So my advice to him and anyone who's in the want, LA market, right? He's in Austin now. Oh, yeah. He so he's Dallas. So he's yes, outside okay, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> so my advice to him was like, just what I try to do every day is be familiar with the market. Like, Go and see the properties. Like, you, yeah, being online and Google mapping things is great, but, like, go run the neighborhoods. Like, go look mm-hmm. at the properties. Go into rentals. The more info you have, it's like day trading, but it's legal. Like, it's insider trading, but it's legal. Right. Like, if you go meet people and you, like, talk to people, you're like, hey, what do you think about living here? Do you like living here? Do you rent? Do you buy? Like, all that stuff. Yes, you can get data that says it, but when you go talk to people, you can actually like get a feel. Mm-hmm. So my advice for him was like try to learn as much as you can and focus on one area. So if you want to be in Dallas, focus on the neighborhood you want to be in Dallas. Get an Airbnb at the place so you know what it's like to be there. Know where the best coffee shop is. Know where all the young people are hanging out. Know what bars are hopping. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's not I've been guilty of trying to get too fancy with stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this thing that gives me data and this this is the growth in the area and i'm in finance and whoa 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 at the end of the day it's relationships everything is like yep. you go talk to someone hey i have a rental oh where's your rental oh i have someone a young guy that i met at the coffee shop that would rent that like it's very dumb mm-hmm. like no i get you i get you i mean i think relationships are, are by far the biggest thing that and the if you think about it i was thinking about it, i watched this guy so I, like i said in a couple podcasts ago i'm trying to focus all my energy and my input on real estate Mm-hmm. finance and you know some fitness and then like anything i have to do with the food show so like very try to be tight and there's this guy ben mala hilarious he grew up like he started as as um low-income housing investing and he just buys uh basically gets it stabilized meaning getting good tenants re- renovating it then he refinances it and then he sells it or you know that's basically it 
but he's at such a level now where he manages $250 million worth of a portfolio or like a Grant Cardone, and they are so simple. You see him negotiating a deal, he's like, all right, listen, I'm not going to pay you $21 million. I could pay you 15 but I'm going to close in a month, right? Uh, yeah, you, it needs a roof, it needs this. I'll figure it out, but I, I know 15 is the number. Like, they're, it's so straightforward mm-hmm. when you get to that level because they don't have the time to bullshit. Right. Yep. So, like, it is what it is. If we're going to do a deal, we're going to do a deal. Uh, I ran the numbers on a napkin, and this is what I'm comfortable at. I'll do some due <laughs> di- And it's true. He does it, and he shows you. He's like, well, I think the rents can be around here. I think I'd probably have to get this much in financing so I could pay this much. Call the guy. And he calls the guy, and then the guy's like, all right, well, let me go run my numbers. The guy calls him back. He's like, all right, let's do the deal. He's like, all right, I'll send my attorneys your info, and we'll get it going. And then he's like, I, I don't even – and he calls his son. He's like, hey, can you send him the, the stuff to get the deal done? He's like, what? They? He's like, we, the place we – and he just freaks out. But it's so fu- it's so dumbed down that you come back to, like, if they're selling $200 million properties, like, it's just talking to people. Right. Right? right? Yeah. See, and you're, you're bagging me because I have this fancy iPad over here. I'm technological Dave. No, I like and that. And my man is writing on a napkin making $200 million a year. <laughs> Fuck me, man. I'm not saying you can't have that. <laughs> but it is. I, you just like, and Grant Cardone, when he talks about deals, like, say what you want about him. Some people don't like him, but he keeps it very simple. Yeah. He's absolutely. like, if I want a hotel in Florida, it needs to make this amount of money, and I could pay $10 million and I'll just call the guy and get the deal done. Yep. Yeah. No, I get it. We wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at Orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code NOSNOOZE30. Again, that's NOSNOOZE30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, protein bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two-pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. This is a good segue into um, the topic for the day. Yes. Because it is my 33rd birthday, I figured the big process would bring you a 33-step process. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, that's become a thing, by the way. Now the big process, just the process. Yeah. People, people joke with me like, "All right, Dave, do this quickly. I don't need a whole yes. process to go with it." And so, thank you, Michael Pirelli. It's good to break um, it down, though. <laughs> it is, but not the thirty-three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, we're going to talk about tools for for efficiency, right? And um, you know, just being efficient in life, I think, is not only a a business tactic. Um, it, for you to be your I guess most fulfilled, your happiest, um, and then obviously your most successful. You do have to find ways to be efficient. Um, you see it in parenting now, right? French fry cutting, French fry cutting for sixty-seven dollars, Dana. I don't agree with it. I was on sale. Um, <laughs> you know, whether it's in parenting, um, whether it, it is in the gym, in in fitness, and in wellness, and you know, uh, having a, a preparedness around you is just so critical. And you see the people that I follow personally, everybody is very efficient. They're efficient with their time, but everything that they're doing, there's a reason behind it. 
And when I think about efficiency, like when you had mentioned it to me, the first thing that I think about is something business related, but it's something that I didn't do for a very long time. And it's setting deadlines on pretty much everything on critical tasks that need to be done. Um, Not the quick ones, because there's another hack. It's called the two minute rule. We spoke about that where like there's a lot of things in your day that you can actually get done in two minutes or less. So those things should get done automatically. Um, But for the bigger things and the bigger projects that I have, I set deadlines because I am, um, sometimes I get lost in the busyness of the day and I hate busy because there are days that I've shared that I just don't feel productive because I really am just handling other people's needs. And that to me, it is, it, it feels like busy work, but it's really part of my job because that's part of my role, right? To make decisions for other people. Firefighter. Firefighter. I didn't want to go there, you know. Uh, Dana roasted him. Go look at that clip. Um, but <laughs> but for, for me, it, the deadlines have become so important to literally, like I get a project or I'm sitting in a, in a board meeting, right, and, this, and something comes up. The first thing I do is I look at my calendar and I put a deadline on the project for myself. I don't even share it because if I miss the deadline for whatever reason, it's not, you know, that crazy. Um, but I think you have to set things up with very specific timelines to work on it. And I only used to do that with like really important things, mm-hmm. but now I just do it with pretty much everything that, that comes in through business. I have a, how do you set a realistic one? Cause I have trouble overestimating what I can get done Ooh. in the short term. <laughs> I do a lot of that. That that's funny. So like I bar actually, So I actually have on my, on my 33 step process here. Um, <laughs> I have a piece that says I'm um, being realistic with my to-do list because I really, I feel like back, you know, even just two years ago, I, the stuff I was able to get done then, I can't get done now, right? So it's about pri- prioritization on it. That's my big um, lesson from the year. I don't even know if I said it, but basically just because you can do everything doesn't, doesn't mean you should. You should. Mm-hmm. And everything that you do, you have to figure out if you can do it well before taking it out. You know, like yeah. – I've been guilty of saying, yeah, I'll do this and then not be able to do to my caliber I want to do. Right. And that stresses me out unnecessarily. Yes. Um, yeah. So I really talk. I, I, I've done a good job lately um, really talking myself through things that come into my office, specifically at work. And I weigh the pros and the cons. And like there's a lot of things that I feel like I used to do because I could get them done, like you're saying. But now the risk and reward are completely different because yeah. I have to set out time and money even to make sure that I'm accomplishing this goal. And if there's nothing that's really in a win-win situation, if I'm just doing it because it came down as a favor, of course, in politics, there's certain things you have to get done. But if there's not a win-win and something that is not coming back to, you know, either my department, my team, myself in a beneficial way, I really analyze those things. And that's something that like I, most people, you're not really thinking about day to day because you just have your you know, critical task list and you want to get everything done. Uh, but I really analyze my stuff now. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's helped, yeah. but it's, it's conversations with yourself, which sometimes you could be a little weird, you know, talking to yourself. No. Um, there was a meme and it was about Scorpios and it was like, when you see me talking to myself, like I'm having a staff meeting. Are you Scorpio? <laughs> That's li- yeah, yeah, I'm Scorpio. I don't know the whole, uh, me, me neither, but I, I have big time Scorpio vibes. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, the speed kills is a theme I keep thinking about and like fast, efficient, like, a deal's fine, but if you could, the faster the deal, the more you can repeat it. And the like, just everything, right? Like renovating a house, like the faster you get the house done, the the quicker you can enjoy it. 
you know, speed. but also speed the right way, right? Oh yeah, you gotta do it the right way. Like you can't do it haphazardly. But if you can condense the timeline, turn decades into days, years into you know mm-hmm. second. Like if you can, the way you scale quicker, you know, time. There's a saying like time in the market beats timing the market, right? Mm. So like timing the or time in means when you're done with something and you get to like enjoy it or use it, right? So like now I'm looking at things a lot more in based on time versus cost. Uh, I'm looking at things like, all right, well, this is a cool investment, but what's the time it's going to take to get to the other side that I can actually use it and enjoy it and it makes money? Or, you know, if we buy this house, what's the time to like we can move in? Like, is it immediate? Is mm-hmm. it because I feel like that is a lot more of a factor than people give uh, value to time. And it's been in nausea. People have said it, but time is like the most important thing because I can when I present to you, hey, would you like a million dollars now or a million dollars in a year? It's very, two very different things, mm-hmm. right? Like a million in a year is great. But I'll, I'll take the million now, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting um, that you have to have that lens, and then you also have to have the lens with like just everything in general. Like, you know, if I'm gonna go do something, is there a better way to do it? Is there a better way to do it quicker? Quicker. Yep. Um, so there's. I'm trying to give a good example, but. Workouts, you know, work, uh, you know, I have this thing where I've done it before, but I haven't been organization, I think helps for your efficiency and the tools for efficiency and speed. I think it all starts with organization. Like if you reach out to me and I have everything organized in a file, I can get back to you a lot faster. If I know the market, if I'm organized and I have my little cheat sheet of here are my uh, multifamilies I like, you're a new guy, you call me, oh, here's the ones I would recommend. So it's all organization, I think. Mm -hmm then it's a lot of it is the system in the back end. For example, I started a thing, Constant Contact, which is an email list. We use that as well. I've been, I haven't done it before, right? I've done, I've gone a little too far on like the, the digital side, the social media, and I haven't done a lot of the core stuff, which like email marketing still works. Mm-hmm. Print marketing still works. So I'm, that's a big initiative with the new firm that I'm trying to push through. And one of the things I'm trying to make it efficient, right? When you reach out to me and you're even an existing client, I add you to my constant contact. I categorize you as a multifamily investor, single family, general, whatever it is. Then if I'm looking the next day for multifamily investments, I have my list of multifamily investors and I just go down the list. And I say, hey, I like this. You know, Maybe five out of eight of the people, it would fit. Mm-hmm. I get the one property and I call the five people. That's smart. Right? So Very like, smart. there's those little things that aren't earth shattering, no. but it's just being organized. Yes. Um couple small details like that that I was thinking of, of when I was talking about um, my staff meeting in my head when it came to efficiency is the do not disturb button, mm. right? So during my workouts, so I've, 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 I've explored the do not disturb button in the past because at 8.55 p.m. daily, my do not disturb goes on, right? And it doesn't go on until 7 a.m. the very next day. Um, so usually I was able to get my workout in um, prior to that do not disturb button going off. And honestly, after a while, you just kind of forget about it. And of course, you can look at your phone and you can see if you have a message. So it's you're still able to do it. But I started translating that over to business and um, just clicking the, the um, I guess, it's airplane mode, right? Just clicking that if I'm actually in something that 
needs and requires my attention. I've taken very seriously the concept that we spoke about, um, how 3% of the world are only really chemically wired to be multitaskers because I'm not that 3%. And I get so sidetracked so easily that if something comes in and it's just a little ding on a message, it just took me two minutes, right? And now because I'm obsessed with time, that two minutes is not a big deal in that moment. But think about how many times in meetings, in um, projects that I'm working on during a workout, those two minutes will add up, right? So before you know it, your compound over time, you probably just lost seven hours of time in the past month, yeah, right? Because of all the little distractions. So I've been very mindful of that do not disturb button, um, not only, uh-oh, CV's getting on the mic, not only at nighttime, but also now during during the day as well. I think there's a saying that goes for every distraction, no matter how long it is, it takes you approximately 20 to 30 minutes to get back on track mm. to what you are actually doing. So if you look at it that way, yeah, it's, it's even more time that gets lost yep. from what you were originally doing. Um, and yeah. what, I, what I think a, a nuance to that is I'm trying to be efficient when it needs to be efficient time wise and yeah. so that I can be inefficient with like family time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the balance of like, you know, as much as you try. You can try to be efficient when you have kids and you're trying to have dinner and like there's no organization. Yep. It's as Even much schedules. As you, I mean, you can try, but it just, you know. But the point being is if you're hyper efficient during the times you need to be, right. it relieves you when you get to like hang with the family. and You don't have to worry about it. Yes. I've had trouble in this first two months turning that off. Right. Like I have this anxiety while I'm with the family of like, oh, my God, I have so much to do at night. But if you're super efficient, you're less worried about getting it done. You're like, I'll get it done. I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But when you're a little all over the place, which I was for the first month or so, two months, then you have that stress that carries over to the personal. And it doesn't, for whatever reason, you're just, in, you have like this nervous energy that you can't put anywhere. And it doesn't do anyone good for, by the time you get to do the work, you're already drained from being yeah. so nervous. So it's it's a hard trick, but it's something that I've had to try to be better at because it's something that it's hard for me to turn on and off. Yes. No, well, well said. Um, for me in business as well, and also I think in, um, in, in relationships too. And I want to try to explain this properly. So I need you guys to tell me if I'm not, if it doesn't make sense. Just tell me straight up if it makes no sense. See, right? I'm putting this on you. <laughs> I don't want to be um, mad at me. So try, try to understand what I'm saying. And it's the concept of having clear communication but also appropriate with context so what i mean by that is i constantly find myself at work right i expect things in my head from people i want you to basically anticipate things so for example if i'm talking to somebody in my business office and i send an email like hey is there money in budget line 54024 right really what i want you to do is tell me, no, there's not, but then give me an option where money is. I don't do that anymore because I can't get mad at someone. If I ask one question, like, hey, is there money in that budget line? And that person replies back, no, there's not. I used to think like, well, you're dumb because give me, give me an option, right? Whereas now I'm very clear and concise with my communication. So I'll follow up that email in, this, in another sentence saying, hey, if there is no money, please give me a budget line that I can pull from. So you're basically taking away from other individuals any sort of expectation. You're removing the expectation off of other people based off of your clear communication. Well, right? that's like speed and efficiency too. Yes. Because you're skipping the back and forth. Right? In dating. 
right? If you're dating somebody, if you're, you know, want to go out with a friend of yours and you're like, hey, are you available on Friday? And that person says, no, like I have another obligation. In your head, you're probably like, damn, I wish you would give me like a day that we can go out. But why not just say like, hey, are you available Friday? If you're not available Friday, like you want to go out. No, but you want to go out Tuesday or Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Dating is a tough one because you want to be too available. Right. Like, hey, I have these four (laughs) calendars. And hey, my calendar is open. You you want to just give me a a special one. But even with friends, like clients, friends, people Mm -hmm. you have a relationship already. I try to do that. What's frustrating and difficult is, at least in real estate, you're only half of the puzzle piece. So I'm reliant on the other agent, the other people to coordinate with a tenant or an owner a time for me. So no matter how organized you are, you could still get inefficient responses Mm -hmm. and end up spending a lot of time anyway. Right. That's what I've struggled with also. You get frustrated because you're like, I literally laid it out and then you're asking me what time works. I said Mm -hmm. it's 4 F and 30. So, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. But I've been better now just following up and like, I used to worry like, oh, I'm bothering them, but I'm bothering them because you're not giving me the answer. So right. I'm going to keep bothering you yes. so you give me the right answer. 100%. And if you're avoiding it, I'm going to call it out and say, hey, listen, I've asked four times and you didn't give me the right answer. So what's going on? What do I need to know? Mm-hmm. You know, not be confrontational, but kind of don't walk around this topic of I'm asking you what the if there's an offer and you're not answering me. So is there an offer? Right. You know, being very direct. Yes. Direct is a great word. Um, and you know how I email. Right. You're very both, direct in both general. Of you, both of you guys know how I am on emails and stuff, right? Yeah, but just in general, you're very direct. I try because there's no reason not to be direct. Sometimes people can get offended and think it's an aggressive approach. But do you want me to lie to you, right? Like, should we go back and forth and should we sugarcoat things? Like, of course, there's a time and a place, and I always try to keep it kind and respectful. But at the end of the day, like, I I have the mindset in business: you don't pay my bills, right? Like, you don't pay my salary. I have a job to do. The job sometimes requires uncomfortable conversations that now I'm like, I don't really worry about them because it's my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, you don't worry about like everyone. Not, something that I've come to realize is you don't need everyone to like you. Yes. You just need people to respect you enough to, to re- respond. A hundred percent. Right? Like no matter what we do, some people dislike you for their reasons. Some people like you and some people indifferent. You can't control that other than just being nice and efficient and like respectful. That's all you can do, right? Yes. When you're not respectful and you get in arguments and stuff, that's when you have to look personally and be like, all right, I didn't, and I'm very guilty of this sometimes. I didn't handle that right. If I was just, you know, respectful and kept pushing and in a nice way, kill them with the kindness, but be direct, there's nothing bad you can say about me. I'm just trying to do my job mm-hmm. versus if I'm rude, then it becomes like, well, that's you're because you're rude. Yeah. 100%. You know, you never want that. So there's a little nuance to that, which I've had to learn because when you're, and I'm sure you deal with this, when you're trying to get stuff done and you feel like you're not moving, you're in quicksand and you're tired and it's been a long day, you're more likely like to yell at kids, you know, siblings or siblings, significant others, whatever. Like it's hard to keep it together. But if you just keep remembering, like just be respectful, just keep pushing forward. Like you only can control so much. The right. the stoic approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way to do it. It's hard, easier said than done. Yes. You know, all this shit we talk about is so easy when you say it, but then when you got to go practice it, it's it's like when you do your push-ups. 
like, yeah, 100 push-ups, easy. Then you get to 10, you're like, oh, my elbow kind of hurts. And no, you're like, I don't, you know I what I mean? I can't relate to that. I'm sorry. This guy. can't relate to that analogy. Um, no, but no, well well, well said, well explained. Um, but I do think there is something to be said about, you know, the the verbiage that you are telling yourself. And yes, we talk about this stuff all the time. And yes, we screw up this stuff all the time as well, right? Which is, a re- it's, that's the truth. There's so many times that, yes, it definitely happens less, but I respond in ways that I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have done that either. Uh, but the more you talk to yourself in that positive way, the more likely you are to start acting that way. Um, did I did I make sense on what yeah. I was talking about with the communication yeah, piece? being direct. Sometimes I listen to myself. I'm like, damn, bro, you didn't even like finish the thought. Oh, like, that's me every day. I don't <laughs> finish any thoughts. Uh, but no, it's, it's, I, I always, me and Dana have talked a lot where like I, I push for, and part of it, I'll take it, the blame. I'm maturing and saying this. I'll take the blame. Sometimes I don't listen 100%. I hear 80% of what I want to hear, and then I don't hear the, the, the important 20, right? So she'll be like, oh, I said that. I'm like, what? You've never said that. And it's just, I wasn't listening. No, I was listening. texting yeah. or whatever. So, my thing is like I don't want to be a mind reader. Like I can try to anticipate, but unless you tell me what you want, I can't. I can't help because I don't know what you want, right? Like I could think, yep. but I also am a little. I'm a caveman. You got to help me out. Like you know, I don't want to <laughs> guess. Andy. I'm a Andy. I think a lot of women share that trait. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> We're canceled. Show canceled. Me, look at me. My hands are in the air. I did not say that. <laughs> but it is true. I was true. talking from there, my personal. I get it. But honestly, you know. But I, we do it too. Like, yeah, I, there's absolutely. certain things where I like don't say it. Don't I'm be like, a mind reader. Nobody can read your mind. I mean, it's yeah. it's the truth. Stop doing that, right? Yeah. It'd be nice though. If people just knew what you want. It wouldn't be great though, because sometimes I have dumb ideas. And yeah. I'm like, if some, if I said what I really wanted to yeah. do, it would not work. Um, CV brought up a good point. Um, it was something to do with the that sparked the rhythm of your body and it's uh, circadian rhythm of your body. So the way that um, our bodies work and again, something that 10 page Dave read in a book. But the fact is you're <laughs> the big science is back. The fact is certain individuals can only stay focused. It was the amount of focus that you were talking about that sparked this thought. Certain individuals can only stay focused for 20 minutes at a time, and then other individuals can stay focused for up to 90 minutes. So if you're in a desk job from 9 to 5 and you're really not taking breaks at all, your biological clock can't even keep up with you. So after that 90 minutes, even if you are one of those people that can last up to 90 minutes, you're useless for, I believe, up to 60 minutes after that. Even if you're still working, your mind is actually in another place. So you're getting stuff done and like you're kind of going through the motions, but that's really all you're doing. So the best way to do this is to set little breaks, right? So once you start studying yourself, and I've done this for me too because I, I schedule my um, one-on-ones that I always talk about. I, I do up to four, which is a period of two hours. But by that fourth one, I feel bad for that person because I'm kind of checked, checked out a little bit. Um, and it's been very helpful. So I've switched a couple of my one-on-ones because I can't last that full hour, uh, the full two hours anymore. And I did it as a test, even for myself to be efficient with time. Um, you know, I feel like I would drag meetings on and on. I don't need to be meeting with individuals for more than 30 minutes. You know, like if I'm checking in on your personal life, if I'm giving you some sort of supervisory tip and you're giving me something that you need from me that, I mean, 10, 10, 10, right. We can, we can move forward. So I did it because of that. Um, but I look forward to scheduling breaks in my day. Like I actually schedule a coffee break after two meetings just because I need to get out of the building. It's very important for me to, you know, 
get my get my rhythm back. And it's something you don't really think about. But in, in jobs, and I know it's, it's this way for you, too, um, in jobs that do require a lot of you throughout the day, you have to make a time to take a break, take your lunch and find that time throughout the day. I used to tell CV that all the time. I'm like, you know, you have to get out of here, right? You yeah. have to find a break. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, you need to because you're almost useless. So I don't know if the, this is the way you think too, CV. So I have the, I'm not using this as, as an excuse because I think it, it's the only, I think real estate's been the only profession or one of the only professions where my severe ADD and like randomness has helped because I'm able to jump from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. Not saying I'm multitasking, but I can be like locked in on something, and then a minute later I'm on the phone, we're talking about something completely different. Because right. my my brain kind of works that way. But I have those moments. And are you able to jump back? Like no. Right after so you this get off is the my phone? point. So I know that if I don't finish something, a project, or like a CMA or a report, I got to restart all of the thoughts of, I looked at all these properties, this is what I think of this one, this one, I'm writing this. Like if I get halfway, and interrupted, then I have to restart again. So to your point, I've tried to do my like big projects in the morning before it gets crazy um, or late at night when I'm locked in, no one's calling me, I don't have to jump to go do a showing because it's a balance of kind of staying focused on projects but also being opportunistic. Like if I have an opportunity to go show someone a building and it's a big sale, I gotta jump in the middle of the day. So I'm, I'm finding the rhythm of just business and clients. So everyone's different. So I know like one client usually shows properties between five and six. This other one likes to go out in the mornings. So depending on who's in my Rolodex, I know, all right, here's my sweet spot to get stuff done. With the kids now, it turns into 10 p.m. to 12, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. It's temporary, but that's the new reality. Mm -hmm. It used to be if I had something I really had to get done, I'd do it at 4.30 in the morning because I know no one would bother me. I can knock it out. So I agree with you. I think you got to have those breaks. And for me, the hyper-focused times are amazing when I can complete things. When I'm hyper-focused, I'm in a groove, and then I get interrupted right at the end. Yep. That project, A, might not get done for a while. And then B, I'm going to have to restart it because I'm going to have to refresh my thoughts on why this property is worth what it is, why all the – you know, there's – you find yourself rehashing things. You're like, why am I redoing this? And mm -hmm. then you realize, oh, I got interrupted because I didn't plan this out right. Yeah. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm big science, but this is this is proven stuff. And there's um, I was reading about this big, big uh, organization. I forget if it was either Google, Apple or Microsoft. One, but this this a very high level company, um, they implemented something called the crush hour and it was from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And literally their entire office complex would close their door and do their biggest project first. Yeah. And the efficiency level rose by like 67% from one month to the next. And that's alarming, right? Because yeah. think about what you do from 9 to 10. Most people, if you're in an office job, you know, you sit around, you drink your coffee. It's already 9.20. It's 9.30. By the time you sit down, it's 9.48. Like, you know, you're, you're wasting time. Whereas when you are fresh, like for me, it's right after a workout. That's when I'm yeah. definitely my most efficient. Same. Um, so I try to tackle that. And it's based by science. So when I read stuff like that, I'm like, oh, well, makes this, sense. This makes sense, you yeah. know, not only for the big science day Virginia, but you know, for yeah. everybody else. If you can work, I I'm the same way. So now I really try to like, even with the kids, like if we're done by like eight, I try to work out first thing if I can. Like if I can get that workout in, because yeah. even if I get the workout in later in the day, you're such like in a ro a routine, like your yeah. pre workout still kick in. You got your blood flowing, your brain's working. 
And it's a waste if you're like, I'm going to sit and have dinner. I feel like it's a task for me personally. To wind down. It's a task later on in the day to work out. 100%. Whereas it's not a task in the morning for me. Like that's something I just enjoy. It happens to to be a task, right? But the mindset is different. Like I just, I love doing it at that time. So this past couple of years and just to know snooze, like I've regained my excitement for working out because of that like mental uh, yes, I do my best thinking on problems and the day when I'm working out. Right. So if it happens in the beginning of the day, I'm way more efficient because I'm I'm. Well, you up. said while you're working out, you're thinking that's why your calves are small because you're not you're not fully locked in so, mentally. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, Hermosi. Someone said they were like, if you you got to go and do the hardest thing first. So if your calves aren't weak, you got to do it first. <laughs> He's a beast. His calves are huge too. This dude is a stud. Hormozy. So. Is it Formosy? Hermosy. Hermosy. He's Alex a beast, Hermosy. but he's also like very. Um, he makes me feel dumb sometimes. He the does. Way he well, he's very smart. He's very simplistic, but he's very condescending yes. sometimes, which I'm like, your delivery, I get. You're well established, but you're very like uninterested like, when you talk about it. No, because he's delivering it simply because he's like, it's so simple. Yeah. But he's such a machine yes. at that point where it's almost like unattainable the way he says right. it because it's so simple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, his Absolutely. delivery method is very clear, but it's not very. Um, he he's given you the medicine, but he's not putting it in a gummy and calling it vitamins. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I like that. You yes, know what I'm saying? Um, I'll take that one. Speaking of vitamins, right? I think um, do you need more. You need some, right? <laughs> Depleted. <laughs> the, the big vitamin. That's a good. That's a good name. <laughs> God, that's a good. It's a good D. nickname. Vitamin D. Um, but when I was thinking, <laughs> vitamin D, baby. But when I was thinking of uh, efficiency, one thing, and it's a weird thing, I guess, that I do. Uh, but I have a place for everything. You speak of organization, oh, yeah. right? Mise like, en place. We talked about this. <laughs> Mise en place. You know, but, everything yes, in its place. Everything in its place. But um, I do not. I really do that, right? Like CV knows my office is pretty pretty meticulous. Um, and then even when I walk in my house, right, my keys have a place, right? There's a specific cup that I put my keys in. My vitamins are in one cabinet that's close to my coffee. So in the morning, I just remember to do these little things. Because as a parent now, there's no time to really waste. To like fumble. Right? So like the three minutes that I'm going to waste, like, oh, the bathroom vitamins versus my C4 is here. Everything is very specific. And it wasn't until I started thinking about the topic of efficiency, I'm like, damn, the way I move is pretty efficiently uh pretty efi- efficient but sometimes Callie will move things and you get screwed but that's where you really get exposed because I have no other way to live right now I have to make sure that shit is in its place because if not I'm a disaster yeah I really am a disaster and it's little little stupid things like that yeah you know like taking the time to put my Splenda by my coffee ready to go in the gun the night before yeah. um my Pre-workout shake is already made. My post-workout shake is already made. My clothes, by the door. These little things, I've done it too. Like if I come home late one night and I don't have that stuff prepared, the amount of time that I waste is absolutely incredible. Uh, I told you Levy stole my wallet and she put it in her makeup bag <laughs> and I didn't have it for a full day. Well, see, so stuff like that, you're just screwed. Like, That's not your fault. Did Livy touch it? And every, every time, like, no, she didn't touch And then this time she did. She did. I was like, you little... <laughs> But, but that's not um, your fault, though, because that happens, right? So to your point, we – the last five years, really, I've been in flux with everything, like new houses, renovations. I haven't had, like, a home base that hasn't been going under construction in forever. My office, my office is constantly moving. I've had, like, multiple offices. Now that we're, like, settled, yes, we have a kitchen renovation coming, but, like, my office is my office now. I left my company. 
this is where I will be doing my business. Mm -hmm. Yes, hopefully I'll buy a building at some point, but this office is not changing, right? Hopefully. I'm jinxing myself. So it's been nice to take this opportunity where I've been the most all over the place because I'm taking 10 years of files, going through all of them, scanning them into my computer, putting them in my G drive so I have no papers in my office or mm -hmm. very limited yep. is like the mind. I'm trying to make it so that a cluttered space is a cluttered mind, right? There's only so much you can do with the kids, but to Dana's point, trying to be more clean in the house, it just relieves the stress. So I'm excited to take this opportunity where everything is still kind of in motion right. and transition to get the right processes down, the right the right things, the right tools in place so I can be quick, I can be efficient, and I can be less stressed. Mm -hmm. You know, because I we've looked back and I'm like, I've literally been bouncing around offices, houses, like there's been no home base for so long that it's nice to know I have a home gym. I have a home office. Like everything I need is starting to come into place. Yep. And now it's just optimizing the things that are in place versus trying to find where things are. Do you know what I mean? I agree 100%. Um, and I think it's important too to, to understand you don't have to change your entire life tomorrow, right? Yeah. But if there's two things that you can do in the morning, I mean the night before that prepare you for the morning, little things like that, you can see the savings um the real estate in your brain yeah, right yeah. like we talk bandwidth. about that all the time bandwidth yeah like you don't waste time on stupid things anymore and when yeah. you can find ways to really do that and then you get excited about that stuff and you find like different hacks i'm like obsessed with that now and and um you know I, i'm even trying to instill it in in my daughter as well you know little things when she comes home from from school or whatever it is, you know, she has to put her shoes in a certain place and there's one bin for her shoes. So, you know, the night before when I say, Callie, pick out your shoes, she already goes to that bin and she has them and she puts them by the door. Uh, so little things like that, I'm hoping will translate into, you know, her habitual routine as she gets older too. Like this past year was kind of like getting my body into a place where I can build on it. Right. So like this upcoming year is going to be a lot of like organization, getting my cleanliness, my organization to a place where then I can build on it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but mm -hmm. I want to look back after the year and be like, oh, wow, I've made a huge jump in like all my processes, you know, to the point where it's um, it's noticeable by people around me where they're like, wow, like I used to think you were all over the place and like scattered. And now I come and I see your house, I see your office, I see how you operate. And it seems very organized all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, because this has been. A lot of the times when you have big life events, it gives you an opportunity to rework things. It gives you an excuse to reevaluate things, right? So like when we did this big move and changes and I left the company, I'm like, this is the time to start the new things where I don't have the excuse of, oh, it's difficult. I already do it this way, you know? Because yeah. nothing is standard now. Mm -hmm. Everything's new. Right. All my processes are new. It's up to me. So it's been an interesting, overwhelming part of my career, but I'm trying to embrace it and be very like... 10 pages a day. I'm trying not to over... 11 uh, tough, bro. Don't try. What? 11 is hard. I'm telling you, don't do 11. I'm trying not to over-promise to myself how much I can get done in a day and just try to get some stuff done towards it. So, like the contacts. I didn't, in the past, I'm an extremist. I'd be like, I need to put all my contacts in constant contact. Now I'm just like, when someone comes up, I put it in. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing it as I'm doing it. When I'm doing some work and I can be a little multitasking, I'll start scanning things in because the scanner's slow. My office is a little tiny office, so I'll start scanning things. So, mm -hmm. like, as long as you're chipping away at it, yes. that's when you feel like, all right, there's hope. There's hope. When it's just there and every – like, my car is full of files, 
When it's just sitting there, it stresses me out. Versus if I take one piece of paper and scan it, I'm like, all right, progress. And then throw it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been shredding. Shredding things is the best feeling in the world. I love shredding things. see it, right? Yeah. Isn't it so fun? That is. That is. I like that. Dana was Um, like, are you doing screwdrivers up here? We have a a truck that actually comes through. Because we have to keep archives for seven years. It's very therapeutic. Uh, Yeah. But there's a whole shredding truck. Yeah. So awesome. Oh, and you've watched all the papers. It's it's very... uh, What is that called? Uh, Uh, It's... um, that stuff so, on Instagram yeah, when you uh, see I, was, I had it until my the, time satisfying. Yeah, yeah satisfying is it satisfying yeah satisfying yeah, yeah, is yeah, okay. word. wow tough word we're, you know uh, most of this podcast check it out but it, there is a, a thing to like I know a lot of people are people tell me I'm old school this and that I'm like that's great but it's not efficient right. so getting something getting it organized in a file and then throwing it out I'm hoping my dad has extreme OCD I'm hoping later in life I'm going to develop a little more OCD versus ADD and have a nice balance. Okay. I like that. Um, OCD, 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 OCD. Right, right. I think I'm both. Yeah. And are. I think I'm old school and new school. I'm very, I, I could barely move this, the keyboard on my on my iPad here. It's just so, when you mm-hmm. look at like taking notes, like on a piece of paper, yeah, I get it. And it's nice to like cross things out, but it's so inefficient. Ooh, talk about efficiency. So we have uh, department head meetings, right? So it's all the commissioners in the town. We get together and it's once a month. And it's a, it's a good time, but we keep it to an hour. Uh, but it's it's real important stuff that's being discussed. And we've just recently, because we did a couple of them and we were trying to figure out a process, but we just recently appointed a leader of a meeting, but it has to switch every time. Oh, so the same person. I don't so, like that. It's tough. But the I mean, you're all leaders, right? So like everybody has the, the same capability to lead the meeting. Yeah. So you're not listening to the same person every time. And we appoint somebody to take notes so the other people literally can you know, kind of sit back because they're going to follow up with the actual uh, minutes of, of the meeting. Yeah. Super helpful. And then uh, the other thing in management, too, that I've noticed for me personally is you have to be okay with your team committing to downtime. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with it because overworked and tired people do not work well, right? And you do have to be understanding that, you know what? People have families. People have lives. Mm-hmm. If you have them for an eight-hour day and you get three hours you know, of production out of them, for that day, that might be all they can give you, Yeah. right? And that shouldn't be a consistent thing, but as long as you're continuing to meet your goals um, and work is continuously getting done, that was something at the very beginning. I'm like, I will outwork you all day, every day. And I still will. But I'm okay with you not performing for eight hours. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm more yeah. understanding of that concept. So I think that was uh, that was tip number thirty three for me. What I think uh, I think you got to go with the flow too, in the sense of like, for example, like my video partner is getting married this week. We're going to his wedding, and in my head, are I'm you like, doing the video? It should. Right? I'm gonna actually <laughs> d- try document. Are you gonna it. go with your your new boom? So that's something. <laughs> so it's been frustrating because I'm taking these videos throughout the day, and they're good. And like I'm like this, but I just don't have time to put them out. Where where where's the boom arm? I, I know. See it in here. Last night was not a good night. <laughs> um, but point being is like now I'm not fighting the 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 um. I think you have to be stubborn, more stubborn than circumstances to fight through things. But I think you also need to be efficient and like understand like, all right, like Chris is getting married this week. Mm-hmm. Let's not throw any new projects at him to make videos or whatever it is. Like Ashley's kind of busy. I'm, I still know what the hell I want to do with certain parts of her job, her new role. So like rather than drive her nuts, I'm just going to make her do mailers for now. Right. Like keep it simple. Don't overwork and stress out your people before you know what the hell you want. And then you start adding things once you get more clear. 
So I've tried to be this time around less like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this versus like just take care of this. I'm working on some stuff in the background. When I'm clear on what I want, I will get back to you. But just know I'm working on stuff and it's all going to be good. We're going to get there. But right now, you know, Chris is getting married. He's going to enjoy himself. He's going to go on his honeymoon. And when he gets back, I'll have a new game plan for what we're going to do moving forward. You know, so like like using the downtime as the person that's kind of steering the ship Mm. to reevaluate things and then come with a better, more efficient plan and more fast plan. Right. Very good. But you got it's my hardest thing that I struggle with is like, I want to do Bar Miguel. I want to make Jim Miguel nice. I want you want to do all these things. But if you want to do all, it's like chasing a bunch of rabbits. You got to chase one rabbit and catch one rabbit. Mm-hmm. And then when you catch that rabbit, you show the, I'm going to catch you. You know, you go get the other you rabbit. money too. Sometimes I don't resources. calculate cash yeah. and I'm like, ah, we could do it. We'll figure it out. I'm resourceful. But at the same time, like it's a lot easier with cash. It is. You know? And it's hard because I turn down like cash to go do my own thing. Like I'm like, I'm doing, and I, I believe in it. But at the same time, it's hard to stick to the process when you're like, oh, this is stressful. You get so doubtful, like, right? You get so doubtful. And there's no, I mean, I have a team, but there's really no one to talk to. Like, it's on me. Like, if I don't do anything, none of my teammates, like, the the my business does not go on, right? Like, no offense to, like, working at, a, like, a team, but, like, if you leave, they're going to replace you. 100%. If I leave, we're gone. It evaporates. And then something else stressed me out was people congratulating me. I'm like, I didn't do anything yet. <laughs> I announced I'm going off my I didn't sell any properties yet. You know, so it's been very um it's been a good opportunity to rework a lot of things, but then re-solidify, like, all right, we're back to the basics, start simple and just build the momentum again. Mm-hmm. Not that I lost momentum, but it's a new endeavor. New season. You know, you I didn't want to do a lot of things while I was transitioning because it it's messy. You know, so like I didn't want to take on new clients and then have to transition them if I didn't need to. So, but it's good. It's all good. But speed kills. Stay the course, right? I just got to get 400 bench and that'll be <laughs> Just out of everything. He doesn't care about real estate anymore. Just 400 bench. Well, I told him AC, and I don't know if I said it on here, I said, if I don't get my 10%, then I don't deserve to go off on my own. Yes. Because if I can't do that, 100%. very difficult, but not as difficult as like starting your own firm and doing all this other. Similar. Then if I can't do that and I put the if I put the stakes on that and I don't deliver, then why should I be able to do my own thing? I agree. And then randomly when I figured that out, then my company came to me and we had all these conversations. Like that was weird. That like alignment. It's very bizarre. I'm telling you, bro. Jesus, year thirty three. Telling you, are you dying this year? No, I'm just. He died thirty three. No, I'm just alignment. It's alignment. Kirk Cobain. Who else died thirty three? Kirk Cobain. Who else? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch any movies of people dying at 33 years old. Who else? I want to go lift. I didn't lift today. Yet. <laughs> uh, good. So I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, process. So this will, bring us, <laughs> this will bring us to my favorite section, Dave's Dime of the Week. Dimes, dimes, dimes. We got upgrade those. What quarters? Maybe quarters? Nah, nah. We're dimes, baby. Dimes. All right. So this is this is something. Great guy, Dave Regina wrote it. Um, no, really? <laughs> I posted it on dude, Instagram. Only dude. I love how he quotes himself on these. <laughs> um, no, it, it definitely changed my mindset when it comes to uh, success in general, right? I th- used to think, for whatever reason, that like you reach this level of success and it's like kind of like coast time, mm. right? And although there's a time to coast, I don't think there's ever a time to really take your foot off the gas in terms of the actions that you take, 
right? So something that was put together was there's no timeline on success. Greatness is working consciously, consistently, effectively, forever. Glory stories don't exist. Glory stories. Don't be a glory story. (laughs) Don't be a glory story, right? Like, the, the you hear these stories sometimes of the lottery this like, like cool that's a glory story it happens like once in a blue but in your mind in my mind if i'm trying to reach this level of success glory stories don't fucking exist right like it's not about that there's no level there's no peak level of like okay you're here now you're not going to be intentional with the actions that you take make sense yeah uh, yeah Dave Regina. Yeah. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no like end. Game. There's not, you yeah. know, and, and I, I struggle with this because CV always, you know, we ask the questions like, when are you going to be happy this? And yes, I, there's a level that I'll be happy at, but at that level, I'm not going to stop. So then I'll probably get to another level that I never even thought of at that time. Yeah. But then what brings me back is like, at the end of the day, no one really cares. Everyone's doing their own game. Everyone's running their own race. <laughs> Nobody cares. No, it's true. I know. You're right. You're right. You're Do you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it is true. Show's like, over, guys. <laughs> Nobody cares. Goodbye. No, at the end of the day, really, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Like, think about any time you're worried about what someone thinks. Yes. Right? At the end of the day, doesn't matter. You're are right. you close with them? Are you good friends? If so, are you really that good friends if they think you're an asshole? And a lot of people get crippled off of that thought right there because they're very feel, fearful of the potential of what somebody else might think. It's easier said than done. I think we're a little more mean to it because we're in the public. But it's a conversation I have constantly when I'm like, you know, what are you worried about? And then it's like, oh, I'm worried that this person's going to think I'm this. And I'm like, do you like that person? And they're like, no. I'm like, then what what's the point? Good. If they don't like them, then give them a reason not like you. I agree. Um, and you can't else? control what people think of you. That's a fact. So it's like, all right, if it can't control what people think of me, then I'll just do my best. It is what it is. Right. Right, you can't you can't negotiate so, with dumb. I'm gonna keep hitting you with one liners. Any other dime? Nobody want? cares. This is so a whole dollar. Over. You can't right. negotiate. Check with y'all later. Can't and think about how insignificant you are. The Earth's a big place. <laughs> that is true. You're literally one of eight billion people yeah. out there. And we're pretty. No- yeah, we're nothing. And no matter how rich you get. <laughs> All right, you're really nothing in life. No, okay. <laughs> but no matter how rich you, no matter no matter how rich you get, no there's one always cares. gonna be someone richer. <laughs> That's true. So it's like, what's you? I mean, doesn't matter how big your shpeepalene is. Right, somebody's always got a bigger speedbelene. But than you. people do full care circle. about people do care about a <laughs> full circle. People do care about a four hundred bench. They do. It's they an elite do. Club. They definitely do. All right, now we're just messing with you guys. Listen, no, we're very serious. We're very grateful. We're very grateful for uh, you guys tuning in till the till the if end. If you made here. it this song, you're probably our number one fan. <laughs> so right. like, subscribe, comment, share, all that. Good um, stuff. Next week, I'm going to share some. Uh, we're going to do a little um, gratitude reflection episode. And I got some questions, but I'm also going to bring in some stories of people who have, you know, taken the no snooze mindset and actually applied it. I thought I, you were going to say I'm bringing a turkey and I was about to lose my <laughs> I've, mind. I've compiled some stuff um, that I think is going to be cool. So, uh, you know, check that out. And um, as always, until next time, stop snoozing. Get up and get after it. That's another Epi in the books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze. Come on. Come on. If you want to inquire about potential sponsorship and or collaboration, 
reach out to us at no snooze podcast at gmail.com or message our Instagram page, which is at no snooze podcast.